We're so glad to have you joining us today, and uh, we are excited to continue. I'm talking about today the compassion of God. Everybody say the word compassion. Compassion. If you don't know this, our God is full of compassion. Many times our expectations don't meet our reality. We expect one thing and then we receive another. We're expecting to hit it big and we don't. We're expecting someone to come back and they never do. We have great expectations, but most of the time it's not reality. Our reality doesn't meet our expectations. It's kind of like my daughter who I love that our children are growing, they got jobs and they're making money and, you know, they're not dependent on mom and dad so much now. And my, my daughter decided the other day she was going to remodel her room and it was time to remodel her room. So she got online without me knowing and ordered a bunch of furniture. And all of a sudden, all this furniture is coming in boxes. And now dad's got to put together furniture every night that's coming in. Any dad's the one talking about it in a thousand pieces. And I'm trying to read this and I'm like, good Lord, honey, why did you order this many? You know, I'm talking to her and helping her put together all this furniture. It's coming in every other day. Something new's coming in. And I'm helping her put it all together. And I was putting together this, this one piece of furniture. And she told me it was a new dresser. And as I'm putting it together, I'm like, this isn't going to be a very big dresser. I said, honey, are you, are you sure you ordered this as a dresser? She goes, yeah. She goes, I saw the picture. And I ordered it. The picture looked like it was a nice dresser. And it, it matched the picture, but it was a lot smaller than what she thought it was going to be. She thought she was ordering this big dresser, but instead she got this little mini thing that she can keep some makeup in, you know, a little bit small miniature drawers and some miniature open. She thought she was getting a full-size dresser. Uh, it didn't match her reality. Once it got in the mail, we put it together. I'm like, honey, you better go back and tell it, order its big brother because this thing is not going to hold much. And I didn't tell her, you know, you, you know, it's like, listen, let's go back. And we look, you look, you look at the measurements, read the measurements, take a tape measure. And then, then you can kind of see about how big it is. You know, you can't just go off the picture because they make the picture look bigger than what it really is. It doesn't always meet our, our, our what we're expecting doesn't always meet reality when you just order off the picture. How many know what I'm talking about? Let me say, that person you meet, that you met off the picture off of Instagram has been through about 25 filters. Isn't always a reality when you meet them in person. All right, that's another message altogether. What I'm saying is our reality doesn't always meet up, does it? Doesn't always meet up with our expectations. But what I want you to get in your heart today with God, you can have high expectations, great expectations, because he can deliver. He can deliver. He shows up, and he can be more than what you expected. The Bible says he is more wonderful than our minds can even conceive. He wants to do more above and beyond what we expected. God can deliver, and you can have high expectations when it comes to God. Our expectations are not anchored in, I hope this will work out. I hope it'll, life doesn't work. I hope it will work out. Our expectations should be, no, I know that God is for me. Who can be against me? I know that God is with me. I know that his character and his promises are yes and amen. I know that everything about God is high expectations, and God can always come through, and God always does. But our expectations cannot be anchored in 
maybe, no, it's got to be anchored in who God is. So you got to understand the character, the promises of God, who he is. The more you have an understanding of that, you've got to understand that God really is for you. And his grace is really that big in our life. The most over, not the most overused, but the most quoted Scripture in the Old Testament, I love it, in Exodus 34, 6, it's quoted all throughout the Old Testament, the most quoted verse in the Old Testament. Look what it says together. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. God called out, I am the God of what? Compassion and mercy. Let's say those two together. God called out the God of compassion and and mercy, because I'm slow to anger, I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Today, I want you to understand this, that God is full of compassion. And when you anchor your hope in anything else other than God is full of compassion and mercy, unfailing love and faithfulness, when you put your hope into anything else, it's going to leave you disappointed. The only way to be fulfilled is to put your hope in the Lord, to put your anchor, your hope that God is full of compassion. He is full of mercy. He wants the best for me. He wants to bless me. He wants to bless my children. He's before me. He's behind me. He's all around me as we just sung today. God really wants to bless you, and God is full of compassion in your life. Anything else will be disappointing in your life. Those who wait upon God shall renew their hope. They shall renew their strength. But those who wait upon man will live their life disappointed. Is your life full of disappointment? What are you putting your trust in today? You gotta learn to put your trust in the right thing. Man will fail you. People will fail you. Leaders will fail you. God is the only one who will never fail you. God's the only one who is so good you can't even comprehend his goodness. His love is so big, he wants to bless you. So number one, write this down. you got to learn to relocate your hope. When it comes to understanding the compassion of God, you got to relocate your hope. Now let's read that verse we just quoted in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who, whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run, won't get tired. They will walk and they won't faint. Those who wait upon the Lord, those whose hope is in the Lord. When your hope is in the wrong thing, you're going to be disappointed every time. My hope can be if I find the right person, then my life will be fulfilled because people will fail you. And you may find the best person possible, but it cannot fulfill you the way God can fulfill you. If you're looking for somebody to come in and to make you happy, then I'm telling you, you'll be disappointed. Our only happiness comes from God. Our only hope comes from God. My hope can't be if I lose this much weight, then I'll be accepted and I'll be loved and I'll be affirmed. Because then you'll lose the weight and you'll look in the mirror and you still won't be happy with the person you see in the mirror. And you'll still be disappointed. I, I tried it. It didn't work. I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. It brought some temporary 
temporary fulfillment, but ultimately I'm still empty. Why? Because my hope is in my appearance instead of putting my hope in the Lord. My hope is in his character. My hope is in who God says he is. My hope is in the nature of God. My hope is in the promises of God and who he says he is in my life. He told Moses, he yelled out, I'm the God of compassion, full of compassion. This is what God wanted us to know about him. He didn't say, I'm the God who does. He said, I'm the God of compassion, full of compassion and mercy. You got to understand this. Our God is full of compassion. Only one thing really gives us hope, and that's Jesus. That's where my hope lies. That's where your hope lies. You can't have it in anything else. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is not in the news. My hope is not in the stock market. Let me rock your cage today and tell you this. My hope is not in a political party. My, yeah, amen. Give God a hand fight for that. Thank God. Or we'd be in trouble, right? Some of you think if we can just, boy, we, we got to get to church and we just got to do this and we got to do that. Listen, I'm all for vote the way God wants us to vote. Pray about it. Use common sense. Use the Holy Spirit to guide your voting. But it don't make a difference who's in the White House. It makes a difference who's in God's house. And that's where my hope is at. We want to preach people all about political stuff while the world goes to hell. We're pushing a political party instead of pushing people to Jesus. Push people to Jesus because that's the only way. Push people to Jesus. My hope is in the Lord. God said, I am the God of compassion. That's what God said. I am the God of compassion. Who God is is more important than what they did or did not do to me. They hurt me. They talked about me. They rejected me. They did me wrong. Who God is is more important than what that person did to me. Who God is is more important than how I feel. Who God is will determine my hope and my future. And because of who God is, even though they may have done me wrong, God always causes all things to work together for good for those who trust and serve the Lord. That means he is full of compassion. He's full of mercy. He's full of unfailing love. And no matter what people say about me, no matter what's happened bad against me, no matter who's rejected me, no matter who's divorced me, no matter what this happened, no matter how this boss treated me, God will cause it all to work together for your good. Why? Because he's crazy about you and he's full of compassion. If you don't get anything today, I want you to get this into your heart. God is full of compassion for you. God is crazy about you. I can trust in my own power and my own talents and those will disappoint me. Those will fail me. But God's character who God is. That's where I put my anchor at. So I must relocate my GPS. You, do you like traveling with GPS on your phone or in your car? You know, the other day, the other day I've done this several times. And I'll type in an address on GPS on my phone. And then before I get there, I'll pull over to maybe use the restroom or get a soda or whatever, you know, at the, at the gas station. And you put your phone in your back pocket and you walk in to use the restroom. All of a sudden, your GPS is yelling at you, turn around, turn around, turn around, do a U-turn, turn around. I'm like, I'm using the bathroom. I'm not going to turn around. 
do a U-turn, turn around, go back, go back, go back, go back. I'm like, shut up. I get out there and I get to my car and I push the button that says recenter. I love that because then that person just shuts up on my phone, you know. It, all of a sudden it goes, recenters, and all of a sudden it regraphs my direction from where I'm at. And I'm recentered right back where I needed to be. You know, for many of us, I think that's what we got to do in our life. We need the Holy Spirit saying, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. You're off center. You're putting your trust in the wrong thing. You're following after the wrong thing. You're, you're giving your heart away to the wrong thing. Recenter it back on the compassion of God. Recenter it back on the trust of God. Recenter it back, your life, in the middle of God's hope. There is where my center lies. There where my strength lies. There is where my faith comes from. There is where hope is alive. And number two, you got to expect God's compassion. Expect the compassion from the Lord. You know, there's a difference between dad's compassion and mom's compassion. Dads are compassionate to their children, but dads have the ability to separate feelings for what's best for the child. Dads are like, I love you, but you're going to have to deal with these consequences because I got to teach you to be a man. I got to teach you to be a young lady and you got to be responsible. And so dads can be harder on the kids. Let's face it, moms, there's something about it. You're like, Honey, please. It's just a child. I'm like, honey, he's out of high school. It's all right. I'm trying to teach you to be a man. Well, be easy on him. You're always raising your voice. I'm trying to straighten the kid out. Dads, dads have a harder time. You know, we, we love them, but we're, we're trying to get them on track. But moms, you're just so full of compassion. You're like, that's my baby. It'll always be my baby. And my baby can never do anything wrong. My baby, my baby's perfect. Come on, mom, say amen. Come on, you know that's how you are. See, moms have a connection that goes even deeper than a father. The moms have a connection in the womb. Moms are connected even a deeper connection. The connection started the, moment, the minute you knew you were pregnant. The minute you knew that baby was forming in your womb, you started this deep connection from the inside. And even after that baby's birth, that connection continues. That, that came from inside of me. I gave birth to that. That, that happened. And there's a deeper connection that happens. Moms have compassion when nobody else will have compassion. You know, the word compassion used in Exodus 34, 6 that we just read, when it says that God had, I'm the God of compassion. When you go back and study the original meaning of that word, you'll find it's connected to the word womb. Isn't it amazing that God says, I am full of compassion, even, even connected to the womb. And I, I was thinking about that. I said, man, how, how, how neat is that, that God's compassion is a deep connection with us. His compassion comes from a deep connection with us. And when Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, I knew you when I formed you in your mother's womb. That in our womb, as we're being formed, God begins to attach himself to us. God formed you, created you, and called you even in your mother's womb. There is a connection that goes deep inside. It's, it's a womb connection. It's just not on the surface level. It's a deep connection that God's compassion comes from. We see a lot of 
this characteristic playing out in the Old Testament. God full of compassion and mercy. When they deserve to be destroyed, cities like Nineveh we talked about a few weeks ago, God, God spared them. God spared them. Why? Because he's compassionate and he's merciful. And we see that. But we also say you don't mess with God's kids. Woo! You don't want to mess. In the Old Testament, you really didn't want to mess with God's kids. Because he could wipe people out just like that. But he also was so quick to have mercy and compassion. You know, there's a story of King Solomon. And if you don't know who King Solomon was, the Bible says that uh, he pleased the Lord so much that God said, ask for anything and I'll give it to you. He said, son, you please me. Ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. The Bible says that King Solomon said, God, I ask for wisdom. As I lead your people, as I govern this, this land, I need your wisdom. I need wisdom. And God said, I'm so pleased that you asked for wisdom. Instead of asking for fame, instead of asking for treasure and riches, you asked for the very thing that was wise. You asked for wisdom. So God says, I'm going to give you wisdom. You're going to be known as the most wisest person in the whole world. He goes, oh, and as a bonus, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to pour in riches to your life. I'm going to bless you with all the things you didn't ask for because you, your heart was in the right place. And we see one of the first places this wisdom was put into action in 1 Kings. We see the story of this month, these two mothers. And the Bible says that they had, they were living in the same, same house and they had babies three days apart. And one of the mothers, uh, her baby had died in the middle of the night. And she went in distraught and switched out her baby with the other lady's baby. And so when the other lady woke up the next morning, her, she thought her baby was dead. Only to realize if she gets to the light, this isn't my baby. And so realizing what had happened, she came in and switched him out in the middle of the night. She confronted her and she said, no, that's my baby. That's your baby. Your baby died. Mine's alive. And so she went to the king and brought it to the king. King, there's a situation we don't know. We don't really know. There wasn't like DNA testing back then. We don't really know which one was which. They got switched up and both are claiming to be the baby's mother. And we don't know which, what to do. And so the king said this. The king says, all right, bring me a sword. He goes, since you guys can't figure it out, I'm going to cut it in half, cut the baby in half. You take half and you take half of the baby. Look at their response. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much, cried out, oh, oh, no, 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 Lord. Give her the child, please. Do not kill him. But the other woman said, all right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. And so the king knew that real love would not allow the child to be killed. So the real love was the one who said, give her the child. That had to be the real love. That had to the, the one who was willing to sacrifice relationship so the child could stay alive was the one who was the real mother. And I love this because if we read this out and see this word, who loved him very much, the real mother who loved him very much, it's the same words that we find and the same uses of the meaning of the word compassion that we found in Exodus 34 that we just read. The same use of the word compassion, that the love came from very much of a place. This is the same compassion that God has for us. This is the same compassion that Jesus has for us, that he would give his life for you and me. The same compassion that God would give his only begotten son for us, that while we were yet sinners, that God loved you and I so much, he gave his son away that you and I could live. Wow. 
See, his compassion for us comes from somewhere deep within. His compassion for us comes from a deep place in our life. The number one emotional response that we read about Jesus was his compassion. In the Gospels, you'll find compassion of Jesus all throughout Scripture. That he was constantly described as Jesus moved with compassion, did this. We see different examples where Jesus was in a large crowd. It says that Jesus saw the large crowd. They were confused and they were hopeless. He says they were like sheep without a shepherd. So it says he was moved with compassion. And he began to teach into them and pour into them. Another time it says that Jesus had been doing all these great works. He got in the boat to go across to the other side so he could get some time away. And as soon as he gets out of the boat, the crowds were already waiting for him. He's going to rest. But instead of resting, he gets out of the boat. The Bible says, Jesus moved with compassion, began to touch them, heal them, and teach them. Another time, it says that he was outside the city and he saw a leopard. I remember, a leopard's not allowed in the city. He was banished outside the city limits, not allowed inside the city limits. Jesus saw the leopard. It says that he was moved with compassion and he touched him and he healed him. Another time it says that they were, they were traveling on the road and they saw a funeral procession going by and a mother weeping because she had lost her son. And Jesus moved with compassion and says, lady, fear not, your, your son just sleeps and raised him up from the dead right there. Jesus was constantly moved with compassion Jesus tells the story of the prodigal father of the son and his father moved with compassion when he came back home after he made all the mistakes. His father wrapped his arms around him, moved with compassion. The last week of Jesus' life before he goes to the cross is called the Passion Week. The Easter week, the week before Easter, we call it the Passion Week. Think about where the word passion comes from. It comes from the root of compassion. It was his compassion for us that allowed him to go to the cross and stand in our place. It was his compassion for us that allowed him to be whipped. It was his compassion for us that he carried the cross. It was his compassion for us that he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. It was his compassion. He he was full of compassion for you. He is full of compassion for us. And today, if you have thoughts that I'm not good enough, that God doesn't love me, I've blown it enough, I'm not worthy. I'm here to tell you those are all lies from the pit of hell because our God is full of compassion and he loves you from a place that's so deep that you can't even comprehend the love. It comes from a place so deep that he gave his son that you and I would live. He sacrificed his relationship with the son that you and I could be free. He did all this because of his love for us. He's full of of compassion. So when I understand how big God's compassion for my life, I realize this, that God is for me. Who can be against me? And I understand that he really, really cares for me. And if he really cares for me, then he understands my struggle. He cares about my struggle. And I'm not facing it alone. 
that he is with me. He is beside me. He is before me. He is behind me. Why? Because of his compassion. If God cares for me, that means he's working on my behalf. Even when I don't see it, he's already working in the future to turn the bad around for my good. Why? Because he's just that good. He is so full of compassions. It comes from a wound place. It comes from a deep within that he can't help but want to bless you. I'm telling you, when you understand that, it lifts off of your mind. It lifts the burden of guilt off of you. It lifts the burden that God is disappointed with you. It lifts all those things that I can be free in the presence of the Lord. I can be free in the promises of the Lord. I can be renewed in my mind. I can be renewed in my strength. I can be renewed in my marriage. I can be renewed in my job. I can be renewed in my family. Why? Because God's compassion is that great in my life. And if God cares, then his love and compassion are really with me. When I understand that, when I understand that to the fullest, it changes everything about me. Let's bow our heads. Today, if you're here, and you say, Pastor, I really need God, to hear that message. I really just needed to hear the compassion message of God. I want you to understand he loves you. There's nothing you can do on your own that's ever going to replace what a relationship with Jesus will do in your life. The Bible says we must believe it in our heart, confess it with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. Today, if you're here and you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we won't do anything to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you, I promise you. But if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus right now without anybody looking but me, can you just raise your hand where you're sitting and say, that's me? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else say, that's me, I'm ready. Raise a high if you haven't raised it yet. Thank you, I see those hands, guys. We're gonna say this prayer together. And if you raised your hand, I want you to say it with us out loud. There's Christians around you, we'll help you along. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say, welcome to the family. God, give my hand clap. Yeah.